I'm Calista. And I'm Allison. And welcome back to I Don't Want to Talk About Politics, a podcast where we discuss the issues you don't want to talk about around the Thanksgiving dinner table. Um, I just wanted to start off for one, two things. One, thanks for listening to like the Cliff Notes version of our podcast last week. It's a it's a fairly long episode. It's like two hours, but there is about like like maybe four to six minutes of me just like cutting in and giving my two cents on stuff. So there is a very much like a footnotes version of our episode last week. And then two, thanks for letting us take kind of a little bit of a break. Um, we were kind of like we're like one episode off of what we normally be. Callista's computer decided that she doesn't like us and went kaput. Anyways. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram, and if you don't follow us on Instagram, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Um, but if you don't follow us on Instagram, you probably don't know that we have introduced a new website. Calissa, yes. would you like to tell them about our website? Yeah, so we have a website that has all of the fun stuff about us, and then we have a blog portion and yeah so if you want to check it out it's at idwtappodcast.com we already have a blog post up where i talk about black um well this month is black business month but i talk about black business and kind of like what it means to celebrate black excellence as a conservative we also do we're doing like a monthly activism thing so right now we're trying to raise money for kids um for like school supplies for kids and we're also doing we're shouting out a specific organization called adopt a classroom where mm-hmm. you give money to teachers who are buying who need to purchase school supplies for their classroom and then we have a specific teacher that we're supporting who teaches does she teach at an elementary school in tempe yes i believe so she teaches a fifth grade class in tempe and she needs supplies for her kids and she has a goal of $500, so consider donating to there if you can. Um, we also have a couple other organizations there, so feel free to check, check it out. There's some interesting stuff on there. Um, also, you can interact with us. You can listen to podcasts on there, I believe. And you can also, yeah, like feel free to send us a message. We Glissa did get in a fight with a commenter on... Um, one of my reels this past week. So if you are feisty, Calissa probably will come after you in a deeply personal way. I am warning you. Only if I'm in a feisty mood. Yeah, you can't catch Calissa in the right mood and be like, I hope your mom's dead. Like that's the that's the Calissa you'll get. I it's about every other day, whether I'm in a feisty mood or not. If Calissa's not in a feisty mood, I might be in a feisty mood. So You'll just get a feisty podcast team. It's all good. Unless you call, unless you call me pretty, and then I'll call you pretty back. True. Anywho, Calista. Yeah. You were on the lesser coast this last week. I was. I was in Florida for a wedding. Was, the wedding was great. It rained on us. That was not so great. But also, I'm from Washington or the Pacific Northwest. And I was like, it's just rain. What are you guys all complaining about? Yeah, but Florida rain is different. I've been caught in Florida rain before. It's different, but like it cooled down and it basically felt like 
at home. It was no longer muggy. So it was just like, or humid. I was just like, oh, this is, it's just rain. And I got to see some pretty cool lightning. I love lightning. And it, yes, I love lightning. And I saw a couple really good lightning strikes. That was fun. And then had an eventful trip home. So I've decided I am no longer flying, um, no longer traveling because if you remember, I also got stuck in Dallas in June. Well, I got stuck in the Dallas airport overnight. I mean, I did end up in a hotel, but I still got stuck. I was supposed to be home by 11 o'clock Sunday morning and I did not get home until 4 p.m. Monday night. And it wasn't even due to weather. But you had an adventure. I did. If anyone wants a guided tour around the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, I can give you one. I would like to mention that Callista could have easily taken the Uber and seen Post Malone for $20. And I'm so mad she didn't. No, that one was 50 But that was my Florida adventures. Oh. Well, I am working at the Polk County Fair this week. I am processing entries into the fair. And let me tell you something, Calista, for one. I haven't seen a person of color in like five days. It's been really weird. Okay. Two. I'm pretty sure it's just like three families who like rule over this entire thing. I'm asking you this because you used to do, you used to enter into the fair. Yes. Did you do 4-H or FFA, or did you do open class? I did 4-H. Okay. Then this you might this might not apply to you. Well, or it was. For 4-H, was there, like, three big families that would, like, enter through, like, 90 kids? It was... And was it your... It was, was it just like, your family? <laughs> was it your family? Are you the problem I'm talking about? Yeah, Are you the... It would be two other families and then our 4-H group, what, which was me, my uncle, my cousin, and one other person. And then it would be, and then like, once my cousins got older and like Abby got older, it was two of my cousins, me, my cousin, one other person, and then Abby. So I don't work. I don't work with the 4-H FFA. They do their own thing. But uh-huh. all the op- but I process all the open class stuff. Uh-huh. And the open class is these, like, three massive families. And each of their kid enters, like, multiple things in multiple different divisions. Mm-hmm. That's how they work. I get the kids get money. Oh, my gosh. I, mm, I have, like, major beef with some of these kids now. And it's taking me forever to process the 30 different kinds of cookies a seven-year-old makes. In a way, a, a seven-year-old is making seven different types of cookies. Absolutely not. No, there's no seven-year-old out there being like, let me make some gluten-free snickerdoodles. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> yeah, I It's well, like my... It's maybe oh in the artwork the artwork I'm sorry your three year old's not an artist why are we entering why is your three year old entering their handprint in like blue on a canvas the size of my house and saying first place 
I, I don't know what to tell you. This, that, this was, in fact, me growing up. So you are describing my family. Except we we did four we did 4-H. The open class had a lot more people. It wasn't just like two families. It was all of us. 4-H, especially at the Southeast Spokane County Fair, which is like a small town fair. That one, it was literally just our 4-H club. The thing is, the thing is, the four. I know that the 4-H in Oregon is massive because we have a huge farming community, especially at the state fair. But I so and especially and the 4-H in at the Polk County Fair is huge too because Polk County is a huge farming community. My point is regarding this thing. Yes. Is for one, I learned how to judge grain, which still doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> this very nice girl from OSU, and OSU has like a huge OSU. Like, if you're an av- like OSU is where all the farming kids go to school college, mm-hmm. but because they have a great art agriculture program. But like, um, OSU, like the thing is, I what are you judging? Like, she was like, there were okay, didn't know sunflower sunflower plants could grow that big. Yeah, they can. I here's the things here's the things that I've learned, Calista. Okay. This has been the most I've had both baby fever and the like mo like this is also my birth control. I've had both baby fever and birth control. <laughs> Two. Um, the parents who bring in their 90 kids and then are there for an hour and a half filling out every single individual form, I truly believe require a raise of some sort. Uh-huh. And three, not my monkeys, not my circus. This entire thing is not my vibe. <laughs> I, like, I can't, I, I, it's not my vibe. I was like, this is not my vibe. That's right. I've grown up literally since I was, like, as young as I could. It was, like, seven when I could enter in the big fair or eight. And then it's four in... The Southeast Spokane County one. So the Spokane Interstate Fair is a little bit older and then yeah. The photography was pretty cool though. Mm-hmm. That's Poetry. that's the section I was superintendent at at the Southeast Spokane County Fair. So I check in all the photography. And then I would be there for judging and watch them say horrendous things about my photography. That was always fun. Oh, I also learned some good t- some good drama. One of these big families who we will name, we'll call them the Giefenschmeiners. Okay. And there are lots and lots of kids and lots of cousins. It's like a it's like a family. It's like Calista's family, like that big. Uh huh. They um, apparently they take losing very very hard. <laughs> and there's like another big family who we'll call the cool kids who they compete against a lot. There's like those two big families. And the thing is the two brothers and one of the family, like it was back and forth between them throughout the entire um, grains, honey, and like forestry category. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't know, like how does that not create like a terrible relationship between your kid? Yeah. That's how like some of the livestock categories are. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't like, know. The Southeast Spokane County Fair, because it's literally like one family that enters their livestock. 
We're trying to convince my aunt to enter her milk cow. And I also don't understand if they're coming from the same garden, how are they allowed to compete against each other? Because they don't know. The judges don't know. Because you still don't get the same things. Because my sister and I would enter vegetables from the garden. And sometimes we would get a blue ribbon and then we would get a red ribbon. It just depended. It wasn't like... How do you choose who gets the tomato? Uh, it usually caused a big fight. Exactly! Exactly! You're proving my point! But we would do... One of us, because we had green tomato category, so we would... One of us would get to do the green tomatoes, and one would get to do the red tomato. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. I used to try to braid my brother with a Wii remote if he beat me at Just Dance. If I was publicly shamed that my younger brother beat me at, like, asparagus or something, I would kill him in his sleep. (laughs) I'm sorry, if we had to compete cows next to each other, he'd be having steak and eggs for breakfast. He'd be like, where'd you get the steak? I'd be, go check the stable. What? Lassie's not there? That's because I killed him. I mean, my sisters and I came out fine. I just really had to get that off my sleeve. I literally have not been able to talk. I've been wanting to talk to you about this all week, but I've been saving it for the fun. (laughs) (laughs) The Blackberry, the Blackberry category, though, I almost disqualified every single person. (laughs) I was ready to sit down and start eating all of them. The judge comes in and I'm like, that one, best blackberries, winner. Like, I'm just like, like rubbing. I love Marion berries so much and they don't have Marion berries like anywhere outside in the Pacific Northwest and it's very sad. Do you, uh-huh. even, have, do you even have Marion berries there? Not. Like, is it, for- only, is it only an Oregon thing? Not. Yeah, I don't know that we have any over here. We have huckleberries, but I don't think we have marionberries. For those who don't know what marionberries are, they are like blackberries, but so much better. And they were created in Marion County, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we have like the only marionberry stuff we have is like the Tillamook yogurt. Tillamook it's also, was also created in my state. You can. I live about two hours, a little less than, I live about a little less than two hours from the Tillamook factory where you can go tour and taste their cheeses. We, we toured it years ago. Yeah. What's the difference between 4-H and FFA? Couldn't tell you because I never actually figured out what FFA is. I I think FFA is Friends for Animals and they're anti-taxidermy. No, it has. It's like something Farmers Association. How do I enter 4H? Well, you're too old for 4H. How do I enter a a child into 4H? You have to go through the find a 4H club in your area. And there's papers you have to fill out. And you have to pay a club fee. 
and then they do like clubs so like we did sewing and photography which people always assume whenever i say i did 4-h they always assume i did horses Horse and I like, no i did I not thought i thought 4-h was only horses because i thought 4-h i'm not getting used to it for foreheads <laughs> no i thought it was horses cows and goats and, and um pigs that's what i thought uh-huh. 4-h was because it was no. any animal that had four hooves but yeah, no, I always shock people whenever I say I didn't do animals. They're like, but then what did you do? And I was like, 4-H and sewing? Like, we even had our... So I started with the 4-H club with my uncle. This one he was doing. And then that person stopped doing it. And my mom took over. And we added sewing. So we just did for or photography and then... We ended up doing sewing and photography. The quilts were pretty cool. I love people, old people who have nothing better to do than like watch, watch TV and make quilts because they make some really good quilts. Like that's my goal in life. Yeah, I get like, to see all those old ladies' quilts all the time. I know. Well, you get like the angry old ladies who run out of things and they come like cuss you out because you uh-huh. don't have their sunflower pattern. Exactly. Sorry, I don't have your random fabric with gnomes on it that sold out months ago. I'm sorry you didn't buy the correct amount, or you cut it wrong, or I'm sorry you... My favorite's when they come in and they're like, I think I bought this fabric like four years ago, and we're like, and you expect us to have it? So, babe. Maybe that, and so then I get like the chill version of them who's like, who they like freshly finished their quilts and are very excited to be showing them. Exactly. I, I was, mean, we get, we get those too because they'll bring in their finished work and be like, look what I did. And you're just like, wow, those colors are beautiful. I would <clears throat> never put those fabrics together, but the, it looks great. So I, I did David's bridal after I got off work at the fair today. I had a girl uh-huh. come in whose sister's wedding colors are hot pink and navy blue. Are we a seven-year-old? Um, I realized that we probably should like actually get onto the rest of the episode. Joshua Biden. Or its restrictions on U.S. investments in Chinese technology. Since when was that his name? Joe. It's short for Joshua. It's short for Joseph. Um, So senior administration officials said that the efforts stemmed from national security goals rather than economic interests and that the categories it covered, the categories it covered, I don't know why I said categorist. (laughs) I think I'd combine those two words together. The categories it covered were narrow in scope. The order seeks to blunt China's ability to use U.S. investments in its technology companies to upgrade its military while also preserving broader levels of trade that are vital for both nations' economies. Okay. Biden administrations have, officials have insisted that they have no interest in decoupling from China, yet the U.S., 
has limited the export of advanced computer chips sought to limit investments into China and kept the expanded tariffs set up by President Donald Trump. Biden has suggested that China's economy is struggling and its global ambitions have been tempered as the U.S. has re-energized its alliance is with Japan, South Korea, Australia, and the European Union. The administration did you, say, did you just say that Biden's administration said China's economy was struggling? Yeah. What? I I'm not Biden has suggested that China's economy is struggling. So they need our help? No. No, I feel like you're not understanding. We're moving away from them. Okay. We're not invest so the stuff so we're no longer investing in stuff in Chinese like in China anything that China like tech is creating, we're no longer investing in it. Okay. Which would hurt their economy. Okay, got it. Okay. Biden has suggested that China's economy is struggling and its global ambitions have been tempered as the U.S. has re-energized its alliances with Japan, South Korea, Australia, and the European Union. The administrator consulted with the allies and industry in shaping the executive order. Worry about China, but don't worry about China, Biden told donors at a June fundraising event in California. (laughs) The officials previewing the order said that China has exploited the U.S., investments to support the development of weapons and modernize its military. The new limits would complement the export controls on advanced computer chips that were announced last year. The Treasury Department, which would monitor the investments, will announce a proposed rulemaking with definitions that would conform to the presidential order and go through a public comment process. Okay, so this was voted on in on voted in um, in a 91 to 6 vote in July, I don't by the Senate, there are two senators from each state. Yes. If there are 50 states, there's 100 senators. So why is the vote 91 to 6? Did some opt out of voting? How did two people opt out of voting? Were they sick? Did they just hide? So Biden has called Chinese president Biden has called Chinese president X a dictator and the aftermath of the shoot US shooting down a spy balloon from China that floated over the United States. Taiwan's status has been a source of tension with Biden saying that China has become coercive regarding its independence. China has supported Russia after its 2022 invasion of Ukraine through Biden, though Biden has noted that the friendship has not extended to the shipment. Did Biden really say China's president is a dictator? Has he checked himself out? Has he looked at himself in the mirror recently? Okay, yes, but at least our government does not treat us like China's government treats our people. Our government has not gunned us down. Not yet. We could live in, like, actual communism. We could. Okay. Um, the message it sends to the market. Okay, so U.S. officials have long signaled the coming executive order on investing in China, but it's unclear whether financial markets will regard it as a tapered step or a continued escalation of tens- tensions at a fragile moment. The message it sends to the market may be far more decisive, said Elaine Desensky, 
a senior director at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. U.S. and multinational companies are re-examining the risk of investing in China, Beijing's so-called national security, security and anti, anti-espionage laws that curb routine and necessary corporate due diligence and compliance were already having a chilling effect on U.S. foreign direct investment. The chilling now risk turned into a deep freeze. Um, China's strong government has stumbled coming out of the pandemic lockdowns on Wednesday. Its National Bureau of Statistics reported a 0.3% decline in consumer prices in July from a year ago. That level deflation points to a lack of consumer demand in China that can hamper growth. Separately, foreign direct investment into China fell 89% from a year earlier in the second quarter of the year to 4.9 billion dollars, according to data released by the State Administration of Foreign Exchange. Most foreign investments is believed to be brought in by Chinese companies in disguise as foreign money get a tax break and other benefits, according to Chinese researchers. However, foreign business groups say global companies are also shifting investment plans to other economies. Foreign companies have lost confidence in China following tighter security controls and a lack of action on the reform promises. Calls by President X and other leaders for economic self-reliance have left investors uneasy about their future in the state-dominated economy. This is why I don't enjoy doing stuff about the economy because so much of it just goes completely over my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyways, I did, the reason I did choose this because I wanted to talk a bit about foreign policy and I was talking to Nat's friend about this last night and I was saying, I said, I don't understand why we want to go to war with China. Why would China want to go to war with us? Mm-hmm. But then I, but like reading this, I feel like we're about to have like a red scare part two, where it's going to be like a cold war between us and China. What what surprises me, and maybe it's because I'm uneducated, but from what the media I'm consumed, I am surprised that Biden is actually taking a stand and supporting Taiwan as an independent country. Whereas many of the leaders, and I feel like Biden is not so like I just feel like the way that Biden like. I don't know, like, runs our government and, like, how he is does not scream that he supports Taiwan, but, like, he's taking a stance against Taiwan, mm-hmm. and, like, that, I feel like that's more of, like, the White House basement people rather than the actual Biden being, like, a semi-good leader. Yeah. And, like, in the end, like, in the end, like, are we... In the end, if it comes down to us having to, like, defend Taiwan, like, should we be defending... Should we be, like, risking our... Re- should we be, like, risking, like, American lives to, like, defend Taiwan? Like, it's the same as Ukraine. Like, is it that important to us? Uh-huh. I know those are all really hard questions. Foreign policy is so difficult. Yeah. Because, like, along with what we said in our America First episode, it's like... At what point is it too, what point do we draw the line where we put ourselves first and where do we start helping other people and it gets a fine line? 
I also just truly, like, don't know enough about, like, foreign policy to know rather, like, if actually, if defending Taiwan is in the best interest for our country. Because mm-hmm. it could be. I just don't know. Like, it's something yeah. that I'm a lost on. It's something I'm not very educated on. But I just, like, want like, I feel like it's a possible, it's a very strong possibility in our future that we will be going to war with China in the near future. And Taiwan is going to be part of that. And we definitely are going to be defending them. The question is, like, how far do we go towards protecting Taiwan when they are, like, even though some of the some of the countries see them as their own independent state, like China does it, and some of the other much more, some of our very real enemies also don't see that. And, like, exactly. do we want to risk American lives to defend a country that can't defend itself? Mm-hmm. It's not even an opinion. I'm just like proposing the question because I don't have an answer to that question. Because I don't like I don't have an answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. Next story. Yes. Okay. So the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court made a ruling on ghost guns this week, which a ghost gun is an unserialized an untraceable firearm that can be purchased online and assembled at home. So it's like a 3D print, like 3D printed kits. That's so it's like, it's like a Lego. It's like a Lego kit, but a gun. Basically, like a deadly, deadly Lego kit. It's like an Ikea table. <laughs> Yeah, You're telling then, me I could go on the Ikea website and it'd be like, and like some Swedish word, but it's a gun. So the ruling was five to four, temporarily pausing a lower court's decision from last month that issued a nationwide block of the firearm definition rule and claimed the Biden administration was overstepping their authority by adopting the rule. So... The rule does not prohibit the sale or the possession possession of any ghost gun kit, nor does it block an individual from purchasing such kit, but this ruling causes them to now have to follow with guidelines so they can't just, you know, mass produce these un- registered guns so it requires compliance with federal laws that impose conditions on the commercial sale of firearms those conditions include requirements that commercial manufacturers and sellers mark products with serial numbers and keep records to allow law enforcement to trace firearms used in crimes Justice John Roberts and fellow conservative Justice Amy Coney Barrett joined with the court's three liberals to allow the rule to take effect. Justice Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh would have denied the application. So they were against this law being passed. It's an odd thing to have Republicans split so much on that one. 
It is. But like I I see I'm like, yeah, I understand they should they should definitely have to follow like the regulation. That's the one area that I'm like, okay, yeah, let's let's regulate that a little more. Let's have them everything has to have a serial number because this is how the criminals get the guns for these mass shootings or whatever. Congress recognizes that limiting the federal firearm laws to functional firearms would invite evasions, and it's thus broadly defined firearm to include any weapon that will be, will or is designed to be, no, designed to or may readily be converted to expel a projectile by the action of an explosion. In the government's emergency application, this is an article about the case. Ms. Prologos asked the justices to consider an analogy. Every speaker of English would recognize that a tax on sales of bookshelves applies to IKEA when it sells boxes of parts and the tools of instruction for assembling them into bookshelves. This gets weird. A better analogy would be to a taco can sold as a bundle by a grocery store that includes taco shells, seasoning packets, salsa, and other toppings along with a slab of raw beef. Is this just hella fresh? No one would call a taco can a taco in addition to assembly. Turning it into one would require cutting or grinding and cooking the meat. And until that was done, it'd be nonsensical to treat it as food in the equivalent of a taco. Huh. This is the, that was the um, prosecution. What a weird, what a weird. Like the Ikea one makes sense. The Ikea one makes sense. The other one didn't. The case will move to a lower appeals court where oral arguments will be heard, potentially leading the ruling back to the Supreme Court. So, as of right now, Mm -hmm. it's undecided. In the comments, which I've never seen the comments done in an article like this, but in the comments, a lot of people are very mad at the conservative judges. That voted with the liberals? Mm -hmm. That voted against it. I can see how they would be mad because then they're like, well, is this going to leave an opening for the liberals to be like, hey, well, in this case, you guys voted for something that was kind of gun control, but kind of not. But that doesn't but, matter. This this law over here is gun control. We should, you guys should vote with us. Like, I can see where they disagree with this. This person says it's essentially that kids are buying guns. They can legally buy the parts online, ship to the door, watch a YouTube video, and have a fully mm-hmm. fully functioning gun in 30 minutes. And that's cat just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Dude, where did you come from? Okay, so this person said, young criminals for which ghost guns are popular will surely comply with these new regulations just like they do for all existing guns. The real unstoppable threat is 3D printed hubs, which are getting better and better each year. 
These present a real problem as one can print a gun, commit a murder, and then melt the gun away removing all evidence. There's absolutely no way to stop this. Yeah, that's fair. And then someone in response said, can I recommend that all three all 3D printers sold in the USA have software that recognizes the design of a, of a gun and refuses to print it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, the bigger issue is, like, this person saying where it's, like, literally the 3D printer. Because, like, that's the thing with any gun control law. They're, like... We're going to put these laws into place. And you're like, well, you can put the, all the laws into place you want, but a criminal is not going to follow that law. Does a criminal stop because they're told, oh, murder is against the law? No, they still go and do it. Yeah. Do they stop? Do they, right before breaking into a house, do they go, oh, this is, this is well, a crime. There's laws against this. I shouldn't do this. No, they just do it. I don't think someone who's about to shoot someone with a gun stops and thinks, let me think about the consequences of my actions real quick. Exactly. So, like, that's why, like, any sort of gun control thing, they're really just controlling the people who follow the laws. Like, and that's yeah. not who's over here shooting, like, going into malls or going into schools and shooting. It's not your regular citizen. It's literally a criminal with a who has a criminal mindset like they are going in there going i am going to commit this crime i know it's a crime but is that going to stop me no okay so explain to me what are so what is the ruling so the ruling just requires them to follow the same laws as a commercial manufacturer so it doesn't mm. prohibit the sale. It's just saying you have to mark them with serial numbers and keep records, which I'm like, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> so yeah, it's just requiring them to follow rules that are put in place for manufacturers. So it's, it's a ruling that has a whole lot of loopholes that can get be gotten around yeah but it's going back to the lower court so and then might work its way back up to the supreme court so we'll see we need to do an entire episode where we just focus on gun rights mm -hmm. this ruling they're they're not going to follow it because it's very much like well you need to follow these rules and then like the one person said like, a 3D-printed gun is going to cause more issues because literally you can melt the whole thing down. Oh. So I just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand, like, the Ikea bookshelf of guns. Like, it, I just don't think this is a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Let's talk about our main topic. I just want to introduce this by saying, um, a long, long time ago, um, a long, long time ago, but Callista and I were having a conversation, and I assumed Callista and I were on the same page regarding this conversation about how liking trains is a red flag in a man. But in all honesty, Cal 
uh, liking trains is a green flag for Callista and actually a requirement for her. And I thought we'd been on the same page for months, and it turns out she'd been secretly judging me this entire time. I didn't say that it was necessarily a green flag. I just didn't think it was a red flag. But I also come from a family of car lovers, so I'm like, it's basically the same thing, just it's trains. Just like it's planes or helicopters. Like, they're all different, but they also are, if somebody's obsessed with them, it's the same as being obsessed with a car. That's a, the red, and that's a red flag for me. Well, you're weird. Who? I'm weird. I'm like 99% of other girls on this planet. Close to, I'm, an I'm ally sorry I grew up in a car family. So, when we were discussing oh, wait, this topic... Wait, wait, <laughs> How did that have to do with... I'm getting into it. So when we were preparing for this topic, I thought we were going in on the same page, and then we almost ended up quitting the podcast over this. (laughs) This topic, I feel almost tore us apart, so we'll see how this episode goes. We shall see. For the first time, I I feel that you and I are clearly coming in with completely opposite opinions on this on this topic and i am wondering how this will end it's definitely gonna be an interesting an interesting episode we are gonna be talking about diet culture and there's so much diet culture we could talk about we could talk about early 2000s like cocaine skinny diet culture we could talk about 80s exercise found diet culture but we are specifically focusing on Diet culture primarily uh, surrounded around social media, especially on TikTok, because TikTok's kind of the source of the current diet culture and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll be getting into that, and then we'll talk a little bit about some mainstream diets, and then we will be answering some questions that have been proposed and some of the, like, and then talking about some of the issues people have with, like, diet culture itself and voicing our opinions on them. Yes. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. And we have to remember at the end of the day that Calissa and I have to move in with each other for t- in two weeks and that we are going to be spending a lot of time with each other and in an enclosed space in a very hot state. So if we end uh-huh. up if we end up causing really real tension between each other, it'll be incredibly uncomfortable. Here is the source of our disagreement. If anyone's on TikTok, they've most likely seen the non-processed food girl. So she goes through her day, and she goes through all of her products, everything she eats in a day, claiming that every single one of them is non-processed. Then Calissa and I had a very intense argument about what we think is processed and non-processed. Which I don't mm. think, I think that anything that's made goes through a process. Like, the idea of, like, non-processed food seems insane to me, unless you're eating, like, a carrot out of the ground. So I view processed food as any of your like canned food or box food that has a bunch of added, a bunch of additives. But like anything is processed, like bread has added preservatives because to make it last longer, other than like fresh from the bakery. Exactly. But she ate, but what she was eating was like a chocolate bar. Yeah. It was like 98% cacao or whatever it is. Is that what it mm-hmm. is? Cacao? 
Or is it Coco? Coco? Is it Coco? Yeah. Calissa. I Coco and Cacao are two separate words. <laughs> I swear to you, anytime I read cacao, I read as cacao. It's not Coco. Coco spelled C O C O. That's no. true. No, that's true. It's cacao and cocoa. They're both pronounced cocoa, I believe. No, they're not. I swear on my life, it's cacao. You don't have a co and a cow. Just like there's no ape and apricot. It's apricot. Cacao is... Okay. <laughs> um. Actually, I did just prove myself wrong. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> what she... <laughs> I love how you were so out of it that you were correct, and then you were just like, I just no. proved myself wrong. I proved myself wrong on a different thing. Oh. But I don't know if I I was just saying it was like a chocolate bar. I actually don't know what it was. So I mm. may be wrong. I may be right. Cacao yeah. is the raw, unprocessed version of cocoa. Okay. So that's what I said when I met. I proved myself wrong, but I also don't remember if it was a chocolate bar or not. I was just uh-huh. saying what she was eating was obviously processed. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, there's there's also different types of like processed food because you your can in your box food has a lot more additives and like mm-hmm. extra sugars and extra dyes and all of that. And then there's more of your processed food where it's like more of a natural process where it's like, well, we used a machine to process it, but we did not add all these extra chemicals and all of these extra dyes and preservatives. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, to say something is unprocessed, unless you're, like, eating, like, a rutabaga, like, I don't know. (laughs) I just disagreed with her, her way of putting it. Yeah. And I think it was like I think I disagree with her way with disagreed with her way of putting it. She could have put it be like cute. She could have just stopped like here's what I eat in a day without extra added preservatives. She could have said a low processed diet. But the fact that she like markets herself around here's what I eat, here's everything I eat, living a non processed food life is not true. Like, I understand she's like, okay, I'm not eating a bunch of box mac and cheese, or I'm not eating a bunch of canned chili. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, it's good. I'm not a college student. Look, canned chili, okay, get a tortilla, right? Yeah, get a tortilla, you get a hot dog, you get a hot dog, you cut the hot dog down the middle, you flip the hot dog open, canned chili and cheddar cheese. So good. It's like a chili cheese dog, but less bread. We call it a Mexadog, which I realized is now actually probably a racist term. I um, don't like chili dogs normally, other than when <laughs> it is 11 p.m. at night and there is nothing open on campus. And I was starving, okay? Because I had no food. I'm going to lock you in your room for two days and let you starve. And then I'm going to make you eat the Mexadog so you know how good it is. You don't even like hot dogs. 
Calista, I don't believe that's true because I've never seen someone eat a hot dog faster than you ate a Costco hot dog. It was it was impressive. Like you deserve a medal for how fast you <laughs> ate that hot dog. I'm pretty sure she did. The only time I'll eat a hot dog is if I'm absolutely starving, and it is the only option. I handed Callista her hot dog. I unwrapped my hot dog. I looked over; it was gone. It was gone. Like you ate it so fast. Yeah, that was that. Unless you have any more, any more arguments about this. Not arguments, any more comments? No, I think I made my points. Yeah. I, I feel like we came to a, an agreement. I don't know what the agreement was, but I feel like we came to an agreement. I mean, yeah, there's definitely low process things, and there's different, like, ways to process. Mm -hmm. But it's all called processed. It's just some have yeah. extra flop. That's mm -hmm. unneeded. Yeah. Um, yeah, then I wanted I wanted to talk about girl dinner. The yes. girl dinner trend is currently my favorite trend on TikTok. I've never been so seen by this <laughs> trend, by the way. I didn't even eat the common girl dinner. I saw a girl whose girl dinner was a can of corn and a Diet Coke. And I was like, that is girl dinner. My favorite one day, I was watching Instagram Reels, and it was like, it was a girl dinner, and it's like, just, just some chicken, just like a chicken brush, just holding it. I was like, no, literally, that's my girl dinner. Everyone saying girl dinner doesn't include protein is crazy. Okay, let me say, girl dinner. It started with this girl, and I cannot remember her name, but it was her posting, essentially, like, I think it was, like, some Ritz crackers, some cheddar cheese, and, like, some cheddar and Swiss cheese, and, like, some tur some turkey. And she was like, this is my meal. I call it girl dinner. And it was, like, a whole song. And then people jumped on the trend being like, oh, yeah, it's, like, and girl dinner is supposed to be essentially, like, a collection of random snacks that you have around your house instead of, like, sitting down and making a meal. Exactly. And, like, I feel like Depending on the time of the month, it also depends. You will have a really random girl dinner in there where it's like, yeah, I'm randomly craving pickles and goat cheese. I don't know why those were the two things that came to mind. Sometimes my girl dinner can be Cheez-Its. Or when I was running out of food at the end of last year, my girl dinner was tortilla chips and garlic mashed potatoes. Like instant garlic mashed potatoes. I and mean, mine black was, tea. Mine was ramen, peanut butter, and chocolate chips. I promise I did not eat all of those mixed together. <laughs> I did eat uh, chocolate chips in my peanut butter one day because I was like, well, whatever. Apparently, the news has caught on to this and they're talking about how it's all like just, it's like promoting disordered eating. Which I think I can, which is, I think it's, I, in my personal opinion, don't think it is. I think that, like, I don't know, people just, like, sometimes you don't want to make anything. And so you sit and you eat lime, stale lime tortilla chips and mashed potatoes. Yeah, I, 
I can see how they're like, oh, this is promoting like bad eating habits. But also, it's not like we're eating that all the time. It's literally, you just have those days where mm -hmm. it's either all of a sudden it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're like, oh, shoot, I have an eight. I guess I'm going to grab whatever I have. Or you're just like, I genuinely don't feel like cooking right now because I've had a long day or I just don't feel like cooking. So I'm going to eat some Ritz crackers and peanut butter. Or sometimes you're Allison where you randomly feel like cooking a full meal at like 3 a.m. And so you make yourself a full omelet at 3 a.m. Uh, my go-to 2 a.m. meal at school was baked potatoes. Literally. Sometimes I would eat just a plain baked potato with butter. Other times I'd be full-on loaded baked potato at 3 a.m. No, that's so good. I love baked potatoes. Can we have 3 a.m. baked potatoes? We can have 3 a.m. baked potatoes. If you're making a baked I potato, wake me up. I bought a bag of potatoes from Costco, and I would just, that that was my snack at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Oh, there my gosh. We need to create a grams in there. We need to create a girl dinner TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Like, friends, 2 a.m. baked potatoes. One of my friends' um, girl dinners is a, um, is the... It's like these little uh, jelly things from Trader Joe's that mm -hmm. are, have no artificial coloring in them. And then they're everything bagel crackers with cream cheese. And yeah. they're sparkling peach black tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I've had, I've had some odd combinations of things at school, especially because you get to the point where it's like, Especially where I was living last semester, where I was literally the farthest corner of campus away from everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't have, I need to go grocery shopping. I don't want to leave right now, or I can't leave right now. I'm doing homework. So it's like, I would have to leave and walk across campus to get some food, or it's like, let me collect the random things I have in my room right now. It's like half a cucumber, a potato, and some ramen. It's like, why? I don't know why those are the things I had, but I did. Can someone explain to me the mustard and cottage cheese thing? It's like a trend on TikTok right now. It's a part of a girl dinner. It's a mustard and cottage cheese. I hate cottage cheese. I refuse to eat it. Yeah, we we always do cottage cheese and pepper. And then obviously like cottage cheese and pineapple or cottage cheese and peaches. But I don't, I love mustard. Like I am I eat mustard all the time. Like, I love all types of mustard, but I don't know if I would eat mustard and cottage cheese. I Why are you bridge. looking at me like that? I need to, because there were so many things said in the last, like, 50 words that really hurt my head. Okay. Obviously, cottage cheese and, and peaches, obviously. Uh, sometimes obviously comes out of my mouth and I don't because that's inconvenient and obviously are things that we always say at home randomly and so then it will come out occasionally and I'm like whoops wrong time and then two the sentence I love mustard has never been spoken by anyone before in their life except for me because I literally 
I probably could almost eat as much mustard as Amanda eats ketchup. That's, I hate you. <laughs> I don't like yellow, I do, okay, but I don't love yellow mustard, but any of the, like, honey mustard or the stone ground oh, mustards, mustard. like, any of those mustards, I literally... That's how we bonded I, over spring break. I always... What? Our love of honey mustard is what started this podcast. It is. Do you like Dijon mustard? Uh-huh. Do you like hard mustard? Mm-hmm. Do you eat it on kibasas with sauerkraut? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. My dad laughed at me because one day I was talking to him and I opened my fridge and I go, yeah, so in here I have a bell pepper and three things of mustard, three different types of mustard. And that's about all I have in my fridge. And he's like, you should go to the store. I was like, I know. And he's like, I love how you just have like three types of mustard and nothing else in your fridge. I was like, I'm sorry I like mustard, okay? But back to the topic, I don't think I would eat mustard with cottage cheese. I feel like we only did this topic just so we could talk about food. I think we just need a serve food podcast. I really think we do because we manage to talk about food all the time. I think that we talk about food more than we talk about politics. I think so. Maybe we really meant to say I don't want to talk about politics. Because we actually don't want to talk about politics. We want to talk about food. Yeah. Instead of we talk about the topics you don't want to talk about around Thanksgiving dinner table, we go. We talk about food. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny that the entire vibe of our podcast is like, I always describe it to people as two friends, uh, two friends talking about politics over a cup of coffee. Uh-huh. And I, was, and I think it's funny because we've only talked about coffee once on the podcast. Let's talk about some issues. Some of people's issues with the current diet culture. Oh, I guess I was saying current diet culture and by diet culture we mean i like i i'm trying to describe to describe what like diet culture is i would say like specific trends like trends in like diet so like the mediterranean diet like keto paleo or just some of the examples uh-huh. um if you would call veganism a diet you could do that too but i feel like that's more of a lifestyle same with pescatarian and it's I have some strong opinions on vegans. Yeah. I mean, I'm not anti-vegan. I just don't like... Like, I've had friends that are vegan. I've also had friends that are vegan. And then I killed them. But it's very much, like you said, a lifestyle and that's... Yeah, like, it's more like a lifestyle. Like, if you commit to a lifestyle, you commit to a lifestyle. It's like, and I also prospect. don't think you should have your child, you should not raise your child as a vegan. No, it should be their choice. Like, I teach a family swim lessons, and the whole entire family, like, there's, she's one of seven, one of nine siblings, something like that. And, like, the whole entire family is vegan. Well, they raise their kids vegan, too. So the one has four girls, and then one of them has two kids, and then one has – another one has two. And I'm like, you're raising all your kids vegan? <laughs> like, They're raising nine kids vegan? Her, her family did. Like, the mom, mm-hmm. her family raised nine kids vegan. 
That's so expensive. The, the other day, we're, I was teaching and they were talking about going to the lake. And they were talking about making food for the lake. And the one of the moms was like talking to the little cousin. And she's like, you don't like peanut butter jelly sandwiches, right? Or you only like peanut butter jelly sandwiches. And the girl's like, no. And then she's like, so if I make tofu sandwiches... That's fine. Oh. She's like, that's my favorite. And I was like, I'm like teaching this other kid a swim lesson. And I was like, this family, I, they're super nice. They treat me very well. But yeah, I was just like, you're raising the whole entire family. Luckily, they all seem like they get enough nutrients. Like the one little boy is like super skinny, but that's just because like his mom is like, tall and skinny so it was tall oh my gosh that oh my oh my but yeah i know like i can't just, imagine how much they spend on groceries yeah but like i don't know because meat's expensive yes but a vegan lifestyle is super expensive i don't know at what point like the the moms at what point they like in their childhood started i i think i'm thinking they were like teens i don't think it was when they were little but i i'm I just like it, i don't know i'm just very against like raising your kids like they can make the choice later on in life like i don't feel like they get enough nutrients that way unless you do it right and there are some vegans that do it right they do the research and they get the right like proteins and everything but there are some that are just like yeah i cut meat out because i'm saving the animals and they don't know how to get the proteins they need mm -hmm. like, if you want to do it because you're saving the animals and still get the proteins that you need i'll feel for it yeah for example i don't I care I don't, I don't support affirmative action, so I have mm -hmm. never applied for a black scholarship, like a black, yeah. like a race-based scholarship, nor will I ever. That's me living my life like that. So if you don't support and killing animals for food, then you can't, then you don't eat, then you don't consume what is offered. Exactly. And I support that, but like, oh my gosh, I well then I guess I can see how you would do that for your kids. Hmm. Yeah, but, but I then it also would be their choice. Yeah, and then there's also a lot of people who don't know how to get the proteins. They just cut it all out, and then they don't know how to get protein. And they're just like, "Well, I'm eating five almonds. I should be good to go." And you're like, "You do need more than five almonds a day." But, like, how much protein is a kid eating any... Oh, my gosh. This is hurting my head. Yeah, I don't know. I just am very... I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I would never be a vegan because I like steak too much. But, like... I love steak. Yeah, I'm like, I would never be one. But I'm like, okay, whatever. You're an adult. You can make your own choices. But when you're forcing it upon a child, like... They literally need food in order to grow. Like, are you just giving them a bowl of walnuts for breakfast? You're like, here's your bowl of walnuts. Enjoy. Oh, my gosh. But if you caramelize those walnuts, I would eat that entire bowl. I love caramelized walnuts. Well, yes. 
on a mandarin or on a salad with mandarin oranges. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And it's like, here, here's your bowl of like your bowl of pinto beans and rice. Like, let's gonna say pinto beans, rice, and cheese, but you can't even eat cheese. Well, if it's pinto beans and rice, isn't that what like Mexicans eat for breakfast? I don't know. You didn't let me get to the question. Okay. Sorry. Is the relationship is okay. Is diet culture fat phobic? I think it depends on how it's gone about, like how it's pushed. Mm-hmm. Um I don't You're- think as a whole it is. I feel like being healthy is important but it doesn't necessarily i'm not saying you have to be perfectly skinny like but you have to be a controlled weight where you're not like having health issues due to your weight there is like layers to the question there's layers to the question to get Mm -hmm. to the point where it becomes fat phobic yeah let so me start with this. Is being, okay, is being, to be skinny, is that to be healthy? No, it depends on your body no. type. For example, Allison is a beautiful woman of color. Okay. I'm 5'2", which means that if I eat food, it doesn't have a lot of places to go. It kind of stays in one place. Also, mm-hmm. I'm not 5'2", I'm 5'1". I don't know why I said I'm 5'2". It doesn't have a lot to go. It stays in one plane. So if I eat anything, I'm, I feel like I immediately gained 15 pounds. But I also, like, if I didn't eat anything, I just would be... I still would, like, remain this size. Yeah. Maybe slightly smaller, but whatever. Like, me being as skinny as Callista would me being a very unhealthy... Yeah, and no, it's definitely based on, like, your height and everything. Like, as long as it's not caught, I'm just saying as long as it's not causing, like, underlying health conditions where you are having clear health issues due to your weight. Like, otherwise, it's like, no, you can be whatever. Yeah. And so that's where you kind of, you kind of go off. So there, you're you're at the Venn diagram. You're at the diagram. You're at the top of the diagram. Is being skinny is is do you need to be skinny to be healthy? If you say Wait, are we are we are we drawing a pyramid or a diagram? We're starting a diagram. So okay. I Cliff, let me draw you this diagram. Okay. Skinny equals healthy. If you're saying yes to that, like absolute yes, then there is where you can say, answer the question, is diet culture fat phobic? You would say, yes. And maybe even has roots in some racism because it doesn't have, because it doesn't take into account the idea that all bodies look different. Uh-huh. Then, so you pivot over to the other side. No, all bodies are different. Then you go... Is the pursuit of getting healthier to make yourself skinnier because therefore skinny equals healthy and to be fat is to be a lesser human being. 
that goes back over to the fat phobic, right? So it's the pursuit of the reason. The here's the, the question. There's the there's the the question underneath the question is is your the, is the reason that you're losing weight? If there's the reason that you're dieting, is what is the reasoning behind it? Mm-hmm. What is your goals? What is your intentions? And then there is where you have to reflect on yourself and say, do I look at someone who maybe has a bigger body than mine, who doesn't naturally look like Paris Hilton and think they're a lesser human being and I would never want to look like them? Then maybe Mm -hmm. that's fat phobic. But if you're looking at it like, I do not feel like I'm in a healthy place of where I am right now and I am unhappy with how my body looks. And even in that, are you unhappy in how your body looks because you're once again comparing yourself to people who are like naturally super, super skinny, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you're comparing yourself in this, you're saying this is the standard of how everyone should be. And in that case, are you treat- like there's like a whole thing. Like it's a very hard question because it's something you have to understand. You have to sit down and have a conversation with yourself and be like, hey, Allison, why do you want to be skinny? I feel like I confused both of us. Yeah. This is my diagram. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Do you have any concluding thoughts on that? No, I think we covered them all in a very sporadic way, but we got there. Thank you. Okay. Do these trends promote unhealthy lifestyles again it depends on all the questions like behind like the why are you doing it It, are you doing it to fit in to a trend or are you doing it for your actual health i feel like that's where it's like you have these two sides are you just trying to fit in with everyone else especially like with the tiktok diet culture because like so many of them are like it's this trend i want to be cool i want to fit in with everyone but then you also have the people who are doing it because they are feeling either they're feeling unhealthy or they've been told they have this underlying health condition um so i would like to add to this another question Are these trends unsustainable? Are they sustainable lifestyles? I feel like it depends. I think something like keto is completely unsustainable. I don't understand how you sustain on keto. Yeah. Or Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers stresses me out. Have you ever (laughs) sat down and listened to what Weight Watchers is? It's crazy. Other than the info commercials, no. With Oprah, I love bread. I eat bread every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can eat, you wanna all eat of that these- I you wanna eat that big lasagna? Go for it. It's like 300 okay. points. <laughs> I eat I I love those Oprah commercials. I can I have them memorized by heart. Even when I do weight washers, I can eat my favorite things like pasta, spaghetti, tacos. I love bread. I eat bread every day. 
I love the Oprah Weight Watchers commercials. Oh. Yeah, no, it's definitely like, I don't know. It depends on which one. Uh, and it, yeah. again, it depends on how you go about it and if you're doing it in the correct way and making sure you're researching everything and making sure you're getting the correct amount of nutrients your body needs. I also think, like, there's just been, like, I feel like people... I feel like there's, like, this whole thing where, like, people do these, like, crazy, unhealthy things where they're, like, I got up every single morning and I ran 13 miles in three sweatshirts and two sweatpants to sweat out all my water weight. And then I would go home and I would eat celery because it would lose calories and I would walk on the treadmill at the same time. And I did that for six months and almost died and took Ozempic. But now... I'm 110 pounds. Here, let me promote to you this detox tea that helps me stay, that helps me get skinny. That's my issue. Mm -hmm. That's my issue with influencers do that type of stuff, where they did like crazy unhealthy things, like take Ozempic to get them to the weight, and then they promote something that did not help them at all. Yeah. It's definitely, again, it's not like everyone's different and your body's different. Your body is going to handle things differently. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you're just hopping on this train of trends, like you're just going to be more unhealthy or it's going to lead to other issues. If not now down the road. And I also feel like these, um, I also feel like these trends, they kind of promote, like, this one-size-fits-all mentality. Be like, if you take this, you can look like me, and I should be the standard of what everyone should look like. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's hard to, like, I feel like you can't preach body positivity and also promote, like, a certain, like, and promote, like, I don't know, like, a weight loss drug or something like that at the same time. Like, I just don't think you can do that. Exactly. Okay, next question. Are these trends classic and examples of privilege? I mean, if you go in a sense of there are people that have the time and the resources to do these trends when there are people literally eating scraps of food that they find on the side of the road. Like then if you look at it from that perspective, it is more of a privileged thing because you have the resources to try these different things. That's for there's people who literally don't have an apple to eat. Like high school, I was in my government class. And we were talking, I feel like I talked about this, about the thing, the whole thing about the Boeing factory in uh-huh. Oregon and, and the, they were trying to get the jobs um, shut down and like everyone in the class, mm-hmm. there was like half the class, because the class of the liberals, obviously it was a high school in Oregon, oh. were like, we're like, obviously we need to shut down the Boeing factory. And I was like, and I was like one of the few people be like, I don't know if that takes away a town, like the jobs of an entire town of people. 
And they're like, well, the five new jobs, we need to worry about our planet. And then they were like talking, and then the girl was like, well, my grandpa owns a logging company, and I would rather that he lose his job and be without a job for a little while than him continue to earn money from a logging company. And then mentioned how she was inheriting money from him. That just contradicted itself. And she was like, yeah, like, I'll be here at, like, slightly less money, but I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Great. That's yeah, great. That was- the sacrifice of your grandpa's hard-earned, like, job. Okay, whatever. That made me mad. And But the person who was speaking was talking about how she went to a farmer's market, and she was like, we decided that we didn't want to get any... This is where my battle of processed foods began. Okay, we decided that we no longer wanted to eat processed foods or any foods that were GMO or had natural preservatives in them. And we think it's terrible that anyone should eat them and that it should change for the better. And we went to a farmer's market and we saw an apple and we saw a bushel apple and it said that we were going to have to pay like $12 for the pound of a bushel of apples. I don't know what the actual amount for a bushel of apples is or the right amount, but it was a crazy amount of money for something that is significantly less than a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wow, are we really going to have to pay this? This is the sacrifice that we're willing to make to prove a point. And it ended up being $2 less. And everyone's like, you're so brave. You're so brave. And I'm sitting there like, does she not sound classist right now? Like, does it not sound like, I don't know. I yeah. feel like, I just feel like, and it's like this unrealistic expectation that's set. It's the same with the one size fits all mentality being like, if you're doing this, then you're straight up killing your body. Exactly. Instead of being like, hey, let's examine people's situations and maybe think, hmm, maybe they can't eat like that all the time. Mm-hmm. That's my issue with it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think uh, there's ways to do, like, eat healthy and everything, but, I don't know, I feel like these trends are pushing it in a bad way, like, you actually need to do research, not just believe everything that's on TikTok, yeah. or that's on social media, like, oh. do your own research, like, there's ways to do it, and, like, obviously, everyone has a different amount of time or a different budget to and the more that they're willing to sacrifice, like, some people are like, well, obviously I'm going to sacrifice, like, a little bit extra money towards my health because that's, that's important to me. And then other people will be like, well, I, I'm eating and I'm healthy. I just might not be most healthy long term. Like... I'm like, I just don't, I don't like health influencers. They make me mad. Like it literally, it makes me mad. And then it makes me very sad. And I get mad, sad, Allison. And then I end up eating McDonald's and like hate watching something. Yeah. And it's like, it's because they think they're experts at this and they don't, they're like, well, I know I can influence a bunch of people into believing this is actually like what I did. 
We can and do they only show what they want to on the camera, and then all these people believe them because they just follow them and are like, oh, look, this person had such a great journey. I can do this too. And then, like, yeah. Okay. Let's lighten up a little bit. Well, before we lighten up a little bit, I wanted to share some information on disordered eating because there is a difference between eating disorders and disordered eating. So this was comes from eatright.org, which is an academy of nutrition and dietics. They just do a lot of it. They just bring out like a lot of information on like eating right, disordered eating, and having a relationship with your eating. Um, and this is an article on disordered eating from 2018, but it was updated in 2020. Um, and so they said that disordered eating is used to describe a large a range of irregular eating hat behaviors that may or may not warrant a diagnosis of a specific eating disorder. Eating disorders such as anorexia nervosa or AN or bulimia nervosa are diagnosed according to specific and narrow criteria. This excludes a majority of people suffering with disordered eating. Many individuals with disordered eating symptoms are diagnosed with eating disorder not otherwise specified. However, similar to anorexia or bulimia, eating disorder not otherwise specified has specific criteria that must be met in order for the patient to receive this diagnosis, and that criteria also is narrating. This is the most significant difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating. Disordered eating is whether or not a person's symptoms and experiences align with the criteria defined by the American Psychiatric Association. The term disordered eating and the descriptive phrase not a diagnosis. Thus, while many people who have disordered eating patterns may fit the criteria for eating disorders not otherwise specified, it is also possible to have a disordered eating pattern that do not fit within the current confines of an eating disorder diagnosis. So eating concerns falling short of diagnosis deserve attention and treatment as they may turn into more problematic eating disorders and put individuals at risk of serious health problems. So the current symptoms that are highlighted specifically by the American Psychiatric Association are frequent dieting, anxiety associated with specific foods and meal skipping, chronic weight fluctuation, rigid rituals and routines surrounding food and exercise, feelings of guilt and shame associated with eating, preoccupation with food, weight, and body image that negatively impacts quality of life, a feeling of loss of control around food, including compulsive eating habits, and using exercise, food restriction, fasting, or purging to make up for bad foods consumed. Also, like, fell asleep standing up over there. <laughs> you look like a mom of, you look like a mom of twins who can't get, the, like, your babies are teething and you can't get them to stop crying and they keep crawling around, so now you're just holding them. Is this what it's going to be like podcasting when we have kids? Um, Maybe. Just two babies. Mm -hmm. They said that many people who suffer from disordered eating patterns either minimize or do not fully realize the impact it has on their mental and physical health. The lack of understanding may unnecessarily exacerbate the harm of disordered eating. Detrimental consequences can include a greater risk of obesity and eating disorders, bone loss, gastrointestinal disturbances, electrolyte and fluid imbalances, low heart rate and blood pressure, increased anxiety, depression, and social isolation. 
I just want to say that TikTok, I think, actually has done a really good job of bringing out, like, disordered, bringing, like, more information regarding disordered eating and giving more of a focus to it. I think oftentimes, I feel like oftentimes, especially for women, it's very hard to get diagnosed properly with something, um, especially if there's not been a lot of research into it. And, like, mm-hmm. so far, like, I feel like anorexia and bulimia, um, they kind of have, like, like I said, they have like very specific symptoms that you have to meet in order to be able to be diagnosed with it. And then they go with treatment from there, but there's not a lot of like leeway for maybe there's some other types of eating disorders that just haven't been, um, that just don't have a name yet. But we just kind of want to talk about like, you know, like Calista. Yes. What What's something you do to like help achieve a healthy relationship with your eating? Well, do you feel like you have a healthy relationship with your eating? Yeah, I feel like I do. Like I, I don't feel like I eat too little, and I don't feel like I eat too much. So, but do you feel like you? I don't know if like getting genuine pleasure from eating, but do you feel like you are not like? It's not something that you are like constantly like hyper obsessing over. Like every time you eat a French fry, you're like, I'm going to get fat from eating this French fry. No, I could care less. And like that's what disordered eating could be. Feeling like they talk about like feeling shame when you're like eating a French fry. Like I will eat a French fry. I'll be like, I'll I eat this French fry and I enjoy this French fry and I deserve that French fry. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know, you shouldn't have to earn your food. Although I do do that when I'm studying. Uh also same. If I'm hungry, I'm like, I will finish I cannot eat until I finish this essay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also say, like, don't feel bad for having, like, an extra slice of cheesecake. hmm And, like, you know, be happy with how you're, like, be happy and, like, I don't know, respect your body and, like, understand that not, there's not a one-size-fits-all mentality. Does so, do you have any concluding thoughts on this? No, I don't think so. I feel like we got... Ow, I just kicked Matt's computer. Ow. I feel like we got out of this without yelling at each other. I think so. We agreed on some things. We learned some things. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have been getting, like, pop-ups for um, hotlines for disordered eating recently. So, yay. <laughs> now um, Matt's computer thinks I hate, I hate, I need therapy okay let's finish up with some pop culture we'll call it a night three of lizzo's former dancers have accused singer of sexual harassment and creating a hostile work environment in a recently filed lawsuit they also allege that she pressured one of them to touch a new performer at an Amsterdam club and subjected the group to an excruciating audition after leveling false accusations that they were drinking on the job. So, the suit was filed in the L.A. Superior Court. They named Lizzo, whose full name is Melissa Vivian Jefferson. Which is kind of funny, because didn't she play Thomas Jefferson's flute? Prosecutor for the case says that the steady nature of how Lizzo and her management team treated their 
performer seems to go against everything Lizzo stands for publicly, while privately she weight shames her dancers. I'm sorry, that's really funny. And demeans them in ways that are not only illegal but absolutely demoralizing. Um, it's illegal. So I don't feel like it's illegal to fat shame someone. I don't think it is, but the fact that she is fat shaming—it's really funny. Last time I checked, she's not like the most skinniest person. I feel like there's something unethical about us talking about having a good relationship with your body and then proceeding to make fun of Lizzo. Yeah. The I think part of it's like she she is definitely bigger, but I think part of it's some of the clothes she wears makes her look even bigger. Yeah, um, I was saying in the specifically the billboard article, she looks absolutely gorgeous. Here, I'll show you. Like that's a great outfit on her. She looks stunning. Uh huh. It's very yeah, like, like that one. She doesn't look as huge, but like whenever she the whatever the lime green one she wore, that was like part of it, like just mesh. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't even remember what performance she looks it was. Gorgeous. Her waist is snatched. You can see the tan lines. It's just not great. Like it's so good. Nails look great. Anyways, the suit accuses uh, Lizzo of calling attention to the dancer's weight after an appearance at South by Southwest Music Festival. The singer and her choreographer told the dancer, Ariana Davis, that she seemed less committed to her role. A, a suit describes as a thinly veiled comment concern about Davis's weight. Represented, and so then, um, um, so she addressed the statement saying that she was hurt. See, they were false and unbelievable, which I think is so funny because she came out and she was like, this is false. And everyone's like, I guess it's false. And now, like, everyone's back on her side. Mm-hmm. Davis and another former dancer, Crystal Williams, began to began performing with Lizzo after complete competing on her Amazon reality show. Watch out for the big girls. In twenty twenty one, according to the suit, the dancers were later fired. The third, Noel Rodriguez, was hired the same year after performing in the video Rumors. The video, the suit says, they break down the accusations. The first one, and I believe one of the most popular ones, is coming from the Amsterdam strip club called Banana Bar after a performance in the city earlier that year. The suit states that Lizzo's after parties were routine and non-mandatory, but alleges that those who attended were favored by the singer and had a greater job security. It's like the whole thing about how, like, the boys club being like, you don't have to, like, technically it's off duty, but, like, that's where all the deals get made. Uh-huh. The suit says. Lizzo then turned her attention to Miss Davis and began pressuring Miss Davis to touch the breasts of one of the nude women. Davis declined, according to the suit, and Lizzo allegedly led a chant goading her to do so. After Davis declined three more times, the chant grew louder and more strident, demanding a visibly uncomfortable Miss Davis to engage with the former. When Davis eventually accused, 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 when Davis eventually briefly touched the performer, the group burst into laughter, the suit says. Afterward, Lizzo allegedly pressed a member of her security staff to get on stage and began yelling, take it off, according to the suit. The plaintiffs were aghast with how little 
regardless of show for the bodily autonomy of her employees and those around her, especially in the presence of many people who she's employed. A week later, after a show in Paris, Lizzo invited her dancers to a club so they would be able to learn something or be inspired by the performance, the suit says. When Lizzo failed to mention when inviting the dancers to this performance that it was a nude cabaret bar. The suit described the performance as artful, but the plants were shocked that Lizzo would conceal the nature of the event for them, robbing them of a choice not to participate. So, I kind of wanted to break down that one. It's like the whole thing, I like feel like, I don't know, like if you have someone who has that much power over you as an employer, it's like really hard to say no, especially when she's like getting like an entire mob of people to essentially shout at you in a public place. Uh-huh. And so like, I understand where this, like, I just, I don't know. Like, I understand where you could say, like, sexual, I don't know what allegations you can charge, you can do that mm-hmm. for because like, that workplace harassment even though they're not technically there as workers but like it's kind of like an underground thing that you kind of have to be there in order to get good spots like how does that work yeah i don't know like mm-hmm. so then they said there's comments regarding racial harassment saying that they were not compensated enough and that there's something about women of color that were compensated less. I really don't know about this, but I do know. But they do say that Quigley, who's the dance ca- dance captain, um, basically in groups like this, the dance captain is kind of the person who usually will knows the choreography, maybe helps chorus, uh, um, maybe helps um, choreograph and kind of runs the practices. So she'd be kind of second charge. According to the suit, they said that Quigley preached her Christian beliefs and took every opportunity to proselytize any and all in her presence, regardless of protestations. After discovering that Davis was a virgin, Quigley discussed the subject in interviews and posted about it on social media? That's... And when the cast members asked her to stop pressuring Rodriguez about whom Quigley regarded as a non-believer according to suit about her faith, Quigley responded, no job, and no one will stop me from talking about the Lord. That's really inappropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two dancers were fired in April of May because they brought up, because of um, one of the girls, because they were subject to a 12-hour rehearsal, and during the rehearsal, Davis was so fearful she'd lose her job. She went to the, uh, if she went to the bathroom, that she soiled her pants. She was given a see-through outfit with no undergarments to finish the performance. The suit says, when Lizzo raised the issue again the following day, Williams responded saying the dancers. Oh, and they said something about drinking. Sorry, this is from earlier. And then so they just brought up things about the castmates drinking beforehand and saying that. And so the dancers brought it up as an issue, and Lizzo kind of dismissed it, and then the two of them were fired. So there's that. And then yesterday, six more people also came out about her and saying they were pressured to, they said that they were subjected to a sexual harassment and a hostile work environment. That included allegations that they were pressured to touch new dancers during a live sex show. Calista, do you think that Lizzo is guilty? 
I think there's definitely spots where she definitely overstepped. Hmm. But it's also but do you hard think these allegations like, are true? Um, I feel like those, the details, it's like, they're very detailed. They don't sound like, oh, I'm making up a story. Let me just add these very random things and put them together. They're very specific. I'll let me read this comment because I was a little unsure of whether I thought she was actually guilty or not. And then I saw this comment from her. So last Thursday, Lizzo issued her only response to the date to date to the suit calling the allegation false and sensationalized story in a statement on Twitter. Why would you respond on Twitter? I don't know. She says, I am not the villain that people in the media have portrayed me to be these last few days. I am very open with my sexuality and expressing myself, but I cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something I am not. And that, I would say, is my proof, is proof to me that she, not these allegations are true. Mm -hmm. Because for her to say, she did not say, this did not happen. She said, I am open with my sexuality and expressing yeah. myself, which means that these did happen, you took it too far, and you refused to admit that you made your employees feel uncomfortable, and you thought you could get away with it because you're Lizzo. Yeah, and, like, it's hard because, like, Technically, they didn't happen, like, on the clock, essentially. Mm. But they were also, they felt as if they were pressured into going to these events because they weren't going to get the positions that they wanted or the roles that they wanted. Mm. So there is a filmmaker named Sophia Nahali Allison who at one point had been attached to her documentary called Bluff Lizzo. And she said on, um, she made a statement on why she left the project. And she said, in 2019, I traveled a bit with Lizzo to be the director of her documentary. I walked away after about two weeks. I was treated with such disrespect by her. I, when I witnessed how, uh, I witnessed how arrogant, self-centered, and unkind she is. I'm not protected and was I was not biased and it was thrown into a crappy situation with little support. Allison also said her gut told her to leave the project and that she's grateful that she did, adding that she felt gaslit and was deeply hurt at the time Liz's reps had not matured a bunch of report on Allison claims. Um yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um so she lost on August 3rd when this came out. She lost over 154,000. 154,000. I feel like that was exactly the numbers you had me read the last episode for you. Okay. So. She says that they're false accusations. Mm -hmm. Then she lives, and so then today, well, two days ago, she lawyers in Lizzo's sexual harassment suit by former dancers say six more people have contacted them. So that's kind of up to date on everything that is going on. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if there's anything more, I will bring it up in next week's episode. Um, as for my concluding thoughts, do I think she should be sued over this? That I'm honestly quite not sure, but I hope we get to see a trial because I think it'd be very uncomfortable and very funny to watch. Mm -hmm. Just having to explain everything that goes on in an incredibly serious situation in a silent courtroom is so funny to me. I don't know. I feel like it's hard because, like, if this was a workplace, like, if it was actually, like, obviously they're not on the clock, but if they were actually performing and these things happened, it's like, well, then you could sue the person for workplace harassment. But, like, because it was kind of, like, off the clock, under the ground thing, it's like, well, can you sue this person? Because now you're just... But it's also, like, a contract thing. Like, think about it like this. Like, it's not like they were doing it in one place. It's while they were traveling on tour. So they were contracted to be there, which does not mean technically they're always on the clock. And here is, in the episode, is where we actually got cut off from the internet. So I um, am going to be doing our brief conclusion today. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of I Don't Want to Talk About Politics. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at IDWTAP underscore podcast as well on TikTok. Also check out our personal Instagrams at Allie.Joy173 and at CalistaJ1776. Also make sure to check out our new website, which is ID wtap.com it should be linked in the description below you can check out our references on there um, our activism stuff our our blog all that type of stuff um as for next episode we will be doing a debate style episode where we are going to be talking about discussing politics and church and kind of defining what the separation of church and state actually means thank you so much again for listening this week we'll see you next episode